Good morning, world. Once again, we are here. Let's get it on today. I am sitting in across from my compadre, and he is home because this is the Fifth Ward Wildcat. Basketball is about to get started, and you are set. I am KG, and you are once again listening to another installment of the KG and Fifth Ward Wildcat podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Wildcat, do your thing. Give us those scores. All right. Let's start off with the HBU Huskies. They had a good week. Women's guard junior Kelsey Luhin was named Great West Conference Golf of the Week. That makes the second golf of the week that uh, the women of uh, the women Huskies have uh, won in the Great West Conference. Women's soccer won that conference uh, match over North Dakota 2-1. Men's golf finished second at the Husky end with uh, intercollegiate. The uh, St. Thomas Celts women's volleyball lost two matches over the weekend. First one to UT Brownsville 3-0, and an hour later the late 3-1. Women's basketball opens the season and their inaugural uh, basketball program hosting Loyola University out of New Orleans on Saturday at 2 o'clock p.m. Women's soccer. No, men's soccer, I'm sorry, has gone 4-0 this month at home. Going 5-1, 2-1, Texas College beating, uh, winning over them 3-2, and Bay Cone 3-0. Uh, Men's basketball scrimmage has, was rescheduled for Friday at Lee College. Uh, don't uh, have a score for it, but they will open up in an exhibition on next week. <coughs> Excuse me. Texas Southern University Tigers. The women's soccer beat Grambling 5-2, then turned right around on Sunday and lost to UAPB, the Golden Lions, 5-0. Men's football won the, uh, the football won that homecoming, beating Central State 42-11. Well, I guess that's why I kind of studied it right there. Um, women's volleyball beat UAPB. 3-1, and then lost to Wiley College 3-0. Rice Owls. They won, uh, the women's soccer lost to East Carolina 3-1, and then, and to uh, Marshall 1-0. Women's volleyball beat Memphis, at, uh, beat, beat Memphis over the weekend 3-0, and then lost at UAB 3-1. Women's swimming and diving won their meet at Miami, University of Miami, uh, one thirty-one to seventy-four. Men's football lost their uh, uh, homecoming 30, uh, thirty-eight to twenty. San Jacinto College Ravens uh, women's volleyball won another match, beating Loretta, uh, Laredo Community College four-three. Men's soccer beat. Long March 4-2, and I at the Region 14 tournament starting Friday night at midnight. Uh, then we go on to the U of H Cougars. For the good stuff. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Women's <laughs> soccer split on the road this week. Uh, went at Marshall, and then lost to ECU 2-0. Women's volleyball won both matches, 3-1 over UAB, and then 3-1 at Memphis. Uh, football. You all beat Marshall. What was that final score? I think they said 63 to 28. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. Marshall was talking some smack. Some of their players were putting their place. Well, you know, Vinny is Vinny Carey. That, that's the big guy in the conference. That's what everybody talks about. Coach talked about that, you know, he, two weeks in a row. Someone talked about him. Vinny Carey should have a, a solid pro career, but the U.S. O-line did a great job neutralizing him, and he was not back in the game. So kudos to the O-line for that performance. But uh, Marshall, some of their fans and uh, some of their players were talking some smack and noise and everything, and 
They lost three twenty eight. So the scoreboard did did enough talking for a Cougar fan. So. Is that it for the score, sir? That's it for the score, sir. I just want your little comment, you know. Oh, no problem, because uh, U of H is going to... It's Thursday. U of H is going to move to 8-0 this evening. Excuse me, Thursday night when they play uh, Crosstown Rival, Rassiz on campus. What's the uh, University of Houston at uh, the Rob, 7 o'clock kickoff. It's going to be a little cold and rainy. Yeah. They throw weather forecast. Getting chippy out there. I think it depends on... Um, Turnovers. If the Isles turn all over, especially in the first quarter, like they did, you know. That was... You and I talked about this off, off air. I think the Isles kind of defeated right now. I mean, I, something's wrong. No, something's wrong. No. Not, not physically, just mentally yeah, wrong with nothing, that situation. No saying exactly that they're going to quit anything like that. I, I think they have a, a negative defeatist attitude right now. And if they make matters worse with turnovers, then the Cougars really put it on them early. Game to be up by halftime, but I say um, Cougars win. Let's say fifty-six point. I'll give him twenty points. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. If if that if it transpires that way, because yeah. right now, uh, coach is not. He had made a definite statement he, as far as who's going to start and how they're going to go. He just basically said when the game gets going, who ever gets a good flow and. We think get moving. That's how it, he's gonna roll with that. Yeah, Coach Bailiff, you know, I'm sure who's gonna be the starting quarterback. Tuesday's Bayou Bucket Breakfast that we were both attended went pretty well. We checked out the new facilities, Bayou City Event Center. It's just it's a great place. And if you don't, if you allow me, sir, Go uh, I'm going to plug it again because the Bayou City Event Center is where the initial first inaugural. Guy V. Lewis Award Banquet will take place in March 24th, I believe, that Tuesday before the Final Four starts. That's where we will announce the top boys basketball player, high school basketball player in the greater Houston area. So far, how's your uh, watch this uh, coming? Everything's coming along. Thank you also for that. I'm, I'm going to make mention to mention that. Um, we will set announce the initial watch list in the coming few days on uh, the our press releases in the Houston area and our website will be on the GabbyLewisAward.org website as well so the initial watch, watch list will be will be out there and we're going to accept more nominations I bet you'll probably uh, December end of December and then we'll narrow it down to 20 in January and then we'll have a final 10 in February and those 10 young men will be uh, invited to attend the, the, the uh, banquet in March where we announce the winner of the Top Boys Players in the area, so fans can vote. We'll be allowed to vote once pared down to 20. Media will vote as well. You know, it's an, it's an honor to uh, a great coach. It's important to all of us. It's the connected to basketball in, in Houston specifically. But uh, Coach Javi Lewis means a lot to all of us, and this is another way to help our basketball as well as keep Coach Lewis's name out there in, in the public uh, eye. So. Talking basketball, what do you want to talk about? Well, I want to start on uh, because, because of we're talking basketball. Coach Don Noel, who's in uh, Rice Athletic Hall of Fame induction ceremony, was on last Friday. Correct. And uh, Coach Don Noel, who's in, in who's a, uh, in charge of the uh, our association, put on a great uh, program. He had help from him. There a lot of folks. Uh, one of those was John Coles, who was president of the uh, association. Uh, Rick Greenspan, the director of athletics, and that's the ceremony was Lisa Malowski. But the honorees and the awards handing out was uh, honorary aura 
went to Audrey Lay, who is a part of the uh, financial group that has donated space for a uh, practice facility for uh, the uh, volleyball and uh, men and women's basketball team to uh, practice in. And he's, they are also uh, a part of the uh, uh, wrecking part as far as helping with the uh, facility, uh, scoreboard, and uh, other foundations and all the needs in the basketball or baseball program. The Distinguished R Award was given out to Ralph O'Connor. Uh, for a minute, uh, I thought I was looking at, uh, uh, he, he's almost, he's a spitting image of, uh, baseball guy, the Astro guy, uh, uh, just drew a blank in, uh, uh, the, uh, Playboy Blade and Color Guy for, for Astros for many years, uh, uh, Milo Hamilton, Dean Elston, Larry Dirk, Milo, Milo Hamilton, Milo, Milo. But the inductees, everybody was there, everybody was well, everybody spoke. There was a lot of family support, a lot of owl support. Uh, first one on the, uh, the inductees was Rodrigo Bowens, one of the first of a uh, few African American uh, athletes on campus. He was part of the football program, great player, great person, had a chance to talk to him personally. He, uh, his one on one will be on the, uh, at AKSVD CSR blog before the day is out. Um, also, uh, the second inductee was Kenny Barr, great pitcher from early 2000. Uh, went on to have a career in the, uh, uh, in the major leagues. Now he is scouting for the uh, Houston Astros. Really? Yes. Hmm. Good, for, good for him. And he's doing well. Uh, we can find some talent for the sorry but Astro. Hopefully. We're together with this new group. Um, Brian Brown, track guy, NC2A uh, winner, uh, conference, uh, runner, sprinter from, from what all I could tell, especially looking at him and speaking to him, he could step out there today and run with these guys. Now, whether he would be able to compete, you know, right off the top, but he looked in shape, and it, it says a lot about who he is as a person and his attributes and all of his accomplishments over time, you know, as a, as a runner. Uh, Candace Lassmester, uh, another track, uh, track and field person, uh, came all the way from Canada, uh, from the great north, didn't quite know what, what, uh, who Rice was and thought somebody was calling when they called and offered the scholarship she thought they were calling the the asked them to send it about rice food but she got to campus found her way found her uh, her, her her life partner and she spoke well and talked about her her successes and a crown and glory in all it uh as far as running track for the rice, Manny Malores, swimming, uh, a great swimming person, uh, 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 won uh, Southwest Conference uh, and uh, went on to NC2A. I'm sorry, uh, WAC. By this time, it's, it's uh, the WAC Conference. And then we finished up with Greg Williams. Uh, was Southwest Conference player of the year? Uh, coach of the, now the, the Rice Isles women's basketball. He uh, was and he also coached in the past. Right, he, uh, he, he, Houston, so he, he has ties to uh, 
the city yeah. Yeah. Well, really because he coached the Houston Angels he just, yeah. uh, he and, coached uh, Don Nolo so, yeah. matter of fact uh, he said from now that's that's how he kind of kind of like switched up even though he made the crossover to uh, one of the sports kind of fell in love with that because they were it was more of basketball to where he could relate to as far as this, this, you know this, the game itself uh, but it was interesting watching the film on him Chris, he was a shooter. Coach Williams could shoot the ball. He was picks and screens and all. And, and, and folks, with, and the game against Texas is the one that they showed, which was ironic. They stepped back, stayed in that, that flat zone. He stepped outside. He knocked down a, what now is recognized as a couple of threes. He knocked them down pretty well and won the game for them. Uh, but congratulations to, to all the, the inductees. And uh, we'll just tie it all together. Wednesday was media day for U of H men's and women's basketball teams and the Rice men's basketball team. And you and I are both there. We'll have inf- uh, videos, interviews, articles on uh, my website, HoustonRunBarview.com, your website as well. Uh, just a couple things about it. We, you and I, expect good things from both men's teams. Correct. We expect good things from the Rice women's team. Correct. We have lower expectations and good, good words. Question mark for the U of H men's team. And, and tell me your take on this. And Coach Buchanan was talking at the uh, U of H uh, media day. Yeah, it seemed like to you that he was kind of prepping everybody to not expect a lot from the team this year. Yeah. And uh, it was almost like um, come see us play, give us some support, and just give us time. You know, to, to, uh, we lost a lot of firepower. <coughs> Excuse me. And we lost a lot of leadership. And now it falls on Roxanne, uh, Button, and uh, Portia Landry. Between the two of those young ladies, he's hoping to kind of like keep it all together, non-conference, and get into conference play and just compete. And I think the word com- c- compete will pretty much be his mantra throughout the season because right now uh, he's kind of like everybody's feeling their way through through practice and just preparedness but I did notice one thing because Roxanne actually mentioned it in her uh, in that interview with, with you and I they spent a lot of time in the gym this year uh, in the weight room you know just, uh, they, got, they have their own strength and conditioning person now that's set it specifically for you know women's basketball and uh, women's sports to that was supposed to help them prepare uh, uh, um, how can I say strength and conditioning and just stamina finishing games uh, finishing game was one of those words that uh, Coach Dickey mentioned a lot uh, in his uh, 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 speaking, but staying with the women, hopefully, some way, somehow, the freshman group that has come in uh, can just, just well it, it, contribute. We'll see, because you know, I I don't have high expectations for the team, especially non-conference games. But uh, you know, talking Porch Landry, she mentioned she. As I mentioned on an earlier podcast, previous podcast, junior college transfer, Natasha Tubbs, shooter. She can, she can, shoot the ball. And 
as uh, Porsche Landry Pete referred to one of the freshmen homeschool, Taryn Alford. She is going to be, a, I expect, good things from her this year because she may be raw and inexperienced in basketball, but she has a lot of natural ability, natural strength, tough from a low post. So there will be uh, interviews and articles posted on both websites from Media Day. I have one <clears throat> already posted on my website. It's on Houston Around My Views Facebook fan page as well. Go to Q&A for, with... Uh, Kirk Van Slack, junior forward for U of H, and sophomore forward Landis Harris, who was sporting a, a different fashion statement. He he had a regular tie tied as a bow tie, which uh, really intrigued a lot of the media gathered yesterday's media day. But he's lost weight, he's in shape, he did a lot of running, so he's much more ready, he says, he believes, to be more consistent uh, game in, game out threat uh, this season for the Cougars. Craig Van Slank, and I asked a few of the players this, U of H and Rice, about the importance of having crowd support at the home games and how much it means to the players and how much it gives them a, a little shot of energy to play harder when they have the crowd support there cheering them on at the game. So that's a little bug in the ear of everybody listening to come out and support U of H, Rice, TSU, Prairie View, Houston Baptist, St. Thomas, support the athletes, support the student athletes at the games and help them achieve success this season during the basketball this basketball season. As we're talking now, you touched on TSU winning homecoming, blast in Central State, forty two to eleven, I believe was the score. Yesterday, Wednesday, TSU sent out their schedules for men's and women's basketball. Uh, the men have a home ex- exhibition game on November 7th versus Wiley College. Women start their season at home on November 11th versus Norfolk State. November 11th is a big day for a lot of the women's teams in the area. TSU plays at home against Norfolk State. Rice and Prairie View battle on the hill at Prairie View, 7 p.m. November 11th. We'll be there. And as I said in the last podcast, I'm saying it again. I'm going to mention this game. I'm going to try to pump up this game a little bit. Because I think it's going to be, I'm looking forward to it because I'm kind of curious to see how the number two pick in Conference USA deals with the number one pick in the SWAT. I know Brady uh, was tied, finished in a tie with Southern, but the number one team in the SWAT go against Rice. Prairie beat Rice last year at Rice during the Hackerman Invitational, so that should be a little bit motivational for the Isles to Hopefully. to beat uh, to return the favor on Prairie View's court. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see how that goes out. But as I said, TSU is also going to apparently going to launch a new website, sir. Yes, yes, yes they're going to launch a new website. There was not a date given, specific date, but they're going to launch a new website. And they finalized their 2012 football schedule, which will home games will be held where, sir? At the new downtown stadium, folks, across from Minute Maid Park. And it's coming along nicely. Just drive by, just drive by, uh, Minute Maid Park, and you see, uh, drive by 59, uh, north or south on that exit, the, the overpass, and you'll see it going up. That is the new Texas Southern University Fighting Tigers home football stadium. But let's not get it twisted. It's also the Dynamo Stadium. Well, right. So they now. are, they are partnering. And, and I'm going to mention this, and, Hopefully you will have something else to add to this 
in the future. In the future. But it's from the release from TSU. 22,000-seat stadium for TSU Dynamo scheduled to open May of 2012. Uh, season tickets are on sale. And uh, hopefully we'll have some comments. Suites are available. Uh, phone number is 713-313-4355. Or you can also email TSU Stadium at TSU.edu. Phone number once again is 713-313-4355. Let me give you a home get, uh, game dates for the uh, football team. Well, will, will I return to the Labor Day Classic being on Labor Day next year? Uh, September 1st at Prairie View, Reliant Stadium. Home games, September 15th, Jackson State. September 22nd, TSU hosts Alabama A&M. September 29th, listen to this, one of the non-conference opponents, Sam Houston State. Really? September 29th, really? so that should be interesting. A little battle with this team from the Southland Conference. October 27th, Grambling. November 3rd, homecoming against Arkansas Pine Bluff. November 17th, Mississippi Valley. Mississippi Valley, boy, they're, they're, they're a bad football team this year. They're one list yeah. 7 in SWAC, play 8 overall. But also, TSU has a another, i got to find on the schedule, another non-conference game next year is at North Texas. Yes, sir. North yeah, that's why it's kind of hard right there. At North Texas. Yes, sir. So they're playing North Texas and San Diego State non-conference next year in 2012. Interesting. Very interesting right there. So uh, we can see how that all plays out. Yeah, because I, I want to know who put that on the schedule. So Sam Houston, I can see that, but the, the North Texans, that, that's stepping up. That, that's really stepping up. So, yep. So we'll see how things go there. Um, good luck to to uh, TSU. I believe they have a game this weekend, don't they, sir? In, I love saying this, it'll be in Mississippi against uh Mississippi Valley State, that's a win. If you think, if, I mean, the Tigers only one of four in this whack. They can't be on Seven Valley, even though it's a road game. You know, Coach yeah. Ramsey, blessing, and the team, I know they're struggling, but they gotta, you, you gotta be Valley. Prairie View is in there, the Shreveport Classic versus Jackson State. Uh, a lot of events around in the game. Yeah. It's the second annual Shreveport Classic. PV is 4-2 in, in SWAT, 4-3 overall. Jackson State is 4-1. In the swag, six one overall. So, on paper, it should be a, a competitive game. We'll see how things. Are. Hopefully, a lot of uh, PV people. Hope, hope the fans from both universities uh, go to the game and attend to support both universities. Hopefully, it's a well played game. I know a certain Prairie View uh, alum will be in attendance. I'm expecting to be there. Uh, one of my mentors, he, he should be there. He's a proud Panther. If, if he doesn't, I'm going to blast him. So he, he should be there, and I'm not going to name his name. He knows who he is. Um, now let's, let's shift gears and, and possibly walk at. There may be some, some, some good news around in the NBA really? lockout. Really? And until they start, oh, I, I've gotten to this point now. I, I'm sort of like you now. Until they start playing, I believe it when I see. And 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 oh, it's not that that's fair because uh, what, what we're talking about the NBA owners and uh, player representatives of the association, Derek Fisher, Billy Hunter met Wednesday for 15 hours. Meeting ended around I think 2:30, 2:45 Houston time in the morning. I was asleep. I went to sleep. You? Uh, <laughs> I hope I about the 12-hour mark, and I was, you know, there were positive signs coming out from the meeting. Sources were saying that things look have improved, negotiations are are better, and sides seem to be coming to agreements on certain issues. 
basketball-related income is still a major sticking point. To meet again Thursday afternoon, they're getting closer and closer to an agreement. Hopefully, something will be hammered out uh, by uh, within a week. And with if with if everything happens, then it'll take about three weeks to dot the I's and cross the T's regarding the agreement. Have uh, the owners vote on it and, and the players' union ratify it. We're looking at maybe late November, uh, December first to start the season, which brings me to my question for you. I'm listening. One of the things that are coming out from the press conference after Wednesday slash Thursday mornings meetings was the possibility that they would still play the 82 game schedule. I, I, why? What? What's the point? I mean, the point is obviously make up money they lost. But, but you can't make it up. You're, you're with talking the, about 200 games almost. Yeah, with, right with, the, with the dates. With the arenas having opportunity to schedule fill those dates, we were looking at possibly three games, you know, in a on consecutive nights for teams, um, four games, who knows, four games in a row. You know, the quality of play is going to suffer. You know, so I know the point is to re- retrieve that money that was lost, but if the quality is suffering, I, I don't think it logistically is realistic based on, I know, I think uh, Chicago, there's one city, one arena, and maybe New York, another, a few other arenas have already booked dates, filled some of those lost dates mm-hmm. with Jay-Z and Kanye West concerts. So, you know, if some of those dates have already been filled by other events, then you, you're slicing some more dates available to games to to uh, fill those spaces. So I just think if it's 65, 70 games, so be it. More than 50 is great. 82, I don't think it's realistic now. But it seems like signs are moving right along that an agreement will finally be reached soon so we can stop all the he said, he said things about Billy Hunter in an interview with Bill Simmons yeah. on Grand Land saying that Mark Cuban proposed the elimination of the salary cap. The NBA, NBA said, no, he didn't. Cuban said something else. I mean, stuff like that was just petty and ridiculous. I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't even want to talk about all this. If he said this, he said that. Get a deal done so we can talk about basketball games on the court, on the pro level, because Wildcat myself are already focusing on college basketball. That's right. So we'll, 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 move, we'll move on happily without it. I mean, and I hope you don't mind my saying, we're already playing plans for Denver Women's Final Four, yes. 2012. Yes. We're looking toward that. And also, listeners, as we are entrepreneurs, we have no problem saying that we are seeking sponsors for the podcast. As always, we have some irons in the fire. We're looking. For, hopefully, we'll have some things in the future to announce. But we're also looking for sponsors for our final four trips. These podcasts will probably be doing a podcast in Denver. How about that, sir? I'll put you on the spot right there. But hey, we'll probably doing a podcast in Denver. One or two. All lot of coaches will be in attendance, so I don't see why that should be uh, difficult to get done. So. That's in that's in April, but this is almost November. But and you, and you prepare, and you just plan for it and, and move on. Um, what do you think about? What do you want to talk about? First of all, remind folks where they can find the website, sir. You can find me at www.kingsizeview.com. My blog is at www.aksvdcsr.blogspot.com. Also, when you go to the Kingside View. That come front, uh, front page, you see my mug on there that says the College Sports Report, and then hit that hot key, and it'll, it'll bring you directly up to the link and to the web, to the uh, blog. 
Uh, my compadre across from me, KG, you can be found at where, sir? Uh, my website is www.houstonroundballreview.com. Also, have a YouTube channel, Houston Roundball. You see videos, interviews with coaches and players as well. Listen to the podcast and have your friends go to YouTube to listen to the podcast that way as well. The podcasts are also available on iTunes. So uh, Fifth Ward Wildcat and myself podcasts or iTunes or on YouTube or Facebook links links on my website as well so we're trying to to uh, get with the program and and be as many places as possible also on Twitter I'm on Twitter uh, at T-H-E-H-R review once again that's T-H-E-H-R review let's go ahead and talk about the thing that seems to be in tandem with uh, NBA lockdown discussion commentary line let's make that huge announcement that Oral Roberts has announced they will leave the summit, <laughs> the summit to join the, the Southern Conference. So, so even Conference Alignment is even on the mid-level, smaller conference, yeah. smaller yeah. levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all over the place. But it makes sense for Oral Roberts because the travel expenses will be you know, But see, their move is better for the student-athlete yeah. and expenses because it's going to reduce travel expenses. Right. Whereas this is some of the discussions on big boys' level with board State being in, in the Big East, what's going to go on to the Big 12, matter, you know. Matter of fact, the Big East is, is today is that boy, they talk to them about football uh, program and how they will assess uh, the rest of the, the, the Olympic sports, and that's the way they refer. They right. They that's, refer what, that's what they refer. Yes, the Olympic sports. The, the Olympic sports. <laughs> Not football. I refer to it. And yesterday they were at the Air Force, and I still am on this kick. If you want to invite anybody out of your region, invite the military schools because they can travel, and they will always have fans because the military, for whatever reason, they are viable. They travel on, you know. Uh, on government money, they don't have a problem with getting from point A to point B. And when they stay, when they open the doors up, you got military day, and there you go. That's the rest of your tickets. It sounds, and, it, that, it sounds it, good. That, that, and you don't have a headache with them traveling during the week. You know that there are other sports now, like uh, men's and women's basketball, track and field. You know that they're, they're, they're Olympic sports. You don't have a problem with with that travel because they travel with tutors and you know class missing class work. That's just something that's not done. They always travel with class. Correct. And uh, U.S. Board of Regents meets Thursday evening to officially allow Chancellor President Couture permission to seek uh, how we phrase it: seek other conferences that she she deems the best fit for the university. Right. It's no legal, legal wrang, wrangling to keep everything and up and up. She's been given that power, as I say, power of attorney, so they won't have to be meeting every time something Correct. comes in. Um, how, does, how do you feel with with where things are going right now? Or would you prefer them to wait? Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of the biggie seems to be dragging its feet, and it was it was it was concerned to me, especially on un- yesterday until. That, 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 that issue that, that came up late in that, in that. until what was it Monday? West Virginia and the Big Twelve both announced that West Virginia is doing the Big Twelve. Right. Then we hear Tuesday night, Wednesday, that to hold up because we, we all heard it was, it was pretty much done deal. Missouri is going to leave the SEC. And West Virginia will take their place. Apparently, politicians in Louisville, like in, in, in Kentucky, excuse me, right. lobbied or spoke to some of their friends. In the Big Twelve, specifically Oklahoma president, 
about Luga joining the Big 12 rather than West Virginia. And that apparently ticked off the people, the political folks in West Virginia. So now that move of West Virginia's Mountaineers joining the Big 12 has slowed down, not on hold, but it's slowed down. There were reports that there were three or four folks in the Big 12 that weren't Louisville or West Virginia. It makes the Big 12 look, look silly. I mean, you make an announcement, or sillier, make an announcement that, yes, we, we are looking forward to West Virginia joining the conference, then a day later, oh, hold up, well, we may be reconsidering our decision, our announcement, maybe looking at somebody else. No, the bottom line is, they could avoid all this stuff with the Big Big East posting some of their schools if they just invite U of H to the Big 12 and make so much sense uh, financially, travel-wise, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not going to do that. That's not care. I said they're not going to do that. So I would like you know, whoever it is, West Virginia or Louisville, decides to, to vote the Big East for the Big 12 fine. As long as Boise State joins the Big East, then it makes sense for U of H to join the Big East. And especially now they're talking about Memphis as another member to the Big East. That helps basketball-wise, without a doubt, making the conference strong once again. Temple may join it as well. So, personally, Boise State, Boise State is the key. Boise State joins the Big East, then it's fine. I don't, you know, travel is going to be a problem for every other sport that's not football for the athletes at U of H. But as long as Boise joins, Big East is fine with me. Now, with that being said, two things have also transpired in that. Uh, Boise had been, uh, either they had initiated the contact, or the West Coast Conference had initiated uh, an invitation to allow their other uh, Olympic sports uh, to play in that conference while football goes the other route. Uh, sort of like a Notre Dame type situation. But you and I are also hearing that the Notre Dame situation could change two years from now because of the way the bowl alliances and alliances will will totally will be redone as far as whether they would allow their their other Olympic sports to stay in the Big East and they, the football stays independent. Now, whether that arises or not, uh, because it all depends on the Notre Dame network, which is NBC, whether they was. Uh, not renew that contract with them, but my thinking is, if you got a cash cow that everybody loves, to, that that love or hate them, just like the Cowboys, love or hate them, you sit and you watch. And Longhorns, you know, but and Tintimo, love or hate, but only two teams. When it comes to network TV, folks would sit down and watch whether they winning or losing, because. They sit on one side or the other. It's Cowboys on the pro level and those Dame on the college level. So the numbers are not as big as they used to be, but they're still large enough to be relevant and to hold on to that contract. And it will all depend on how the real licenses were set up in two years, whether the, the, the uh, NBC decides they want to allow, you know, go another round as far as, uh, as, as, far as letting, allowing those Dame to move on. That will be, I, I see that as, as, as what sits on their shoulder, as what they'll have to sit on the side, whether it's viable for them to go and join a conference and still hold on to what they believe in because you and I both know you can't get, Notre Dame is one of those places just like Rice that they don't buy down to athletic, you know, whatever. You don't, they don't, no transfers, no, uh, no JUCOs, no props. You know, you either have it. Academically, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's much more difficult to get into Notre Dame academically. 
So, uh, you know, and the issue with Notre Dame is a discussion about them possibly joining the Big 12. And the, it, well, I mean, they have, AD has said that they, Notre Dame is considering joining a conference in all sports. Right. We'll see it, you know, they're studying it and seeing what's best for them, blah, 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 blah. Big 12 is an option for them. Big 10, Big 10 seems like a better fit for them as far as location, geography. The ACC is still a hope for Notre Dame joining their conference. You know, Notre Dame does want, most of their sports are in the Big East. So if they leave, then that's another blow to the Big East. Everything is so fluid. Everything changes seemingly hour by hour, day by day. We, know, <clears throat> we could also talk. We don't ever have a whole lot of time to talk about it, but the NCAA talking about doing $2,000 per student athlete. That pay, as well as the, um, the APR raising that to 930. Also, they're talking about changing the uh, not allowing teams who don't have APR of 900 in the postseason participation. That that's a big deal. If that passes, then you know it will pass. That's a big deal. That, for example, the APR really would, not, would not have qualified for the tournament last year on the men's side. Excuse me, let me be specific. The men's team would not have qualified for the tournament. They won a championship. Their APR was not at that that uh, base level. So we'll see how that that goes, and that that may impact a few local schools as well, based on their APR. So if the APR is not whatever they if they do agree that a certain number, if it's 900, the APR is not that number, you don't make postseason play. That's a, that's a big deal. That's money lost. That make and that makes your program look bad too. So we'll see how all that plays out. Now, from what I'm understanding, that's across the board as far in all the athletics, the the APR, right? As, as it's written now. Now, with that being said, if they change that, now you're talking about really making a change on the bowl alliances. The bowl alliances, as, as these conferences are set up, you know, who will be allowed to go because of that situation? Because, as it, you and I both have been told on numerous occasions, football drives the wheel. That's what drives the marketing all on each, each one of these college campuses. So if you have a situation of, let's say, three or four SEC schools, uh, like this year, you got Alabama and LSU, and things are not up to snuff across the board athletic-wise. You get pulled down maybe five points. You're right at that threshold. Are you still allowing them to make that trip to the uh, national championship game or are you putting them on the back burner? Well, it opens up another can of worms because if you have a, a base APR to, to determine to determine your uh, who makes postseason play, somebody may cheat. Somebody may skirt the issue. Somebody may change grades. Somebody, who knows what somebody may do to, to qualify. Now you move back to the 60s and the, the Exactly. 60s and so it opens up a whole another can of words of potential problems. Um, we'll see how it, all, how, how it all comes about. President Mark Emmert, NCAA President Mark Emmert, hopes to get these things passed because he, he's still gung-ho and, and uh, about student-athlete and importance of academics. We all believe in the importance of academics, but I also don't want to ignore the hypocrisy of the business side of college athletics, you know, which certain people seem to do. And if you, if some folks think I'm out of turn, start reading about the Michael Beasley situation. 
Yep. Michael Beasley is in the NBA, now in Minnesota Timberwolves. He has a story about him now suing uh, lawsuits are involved with uh, an agent involving a potential quote-unquote runner who uh, coached him in, involving AAU when he was 13, 12, 13 years old. Head coach was involved. So all those things may shed more light on what you and I have known, seen for years that it does go on. Right. So when we're talking about payments, payments to the, the basketball player, the parent, relative, you know, the guardian, in hopes of steering that kid to the college or getting that kid to be represented by the agent in the NBA or the, in, in the professional ranks. So that is something to watch. And if it if it comes about, Kansas State will be replayed in one year of college basketball, may end up having to give back those games that he participated in. So all that team's may just be wiped out. Yeah. So this happens all over the place. So that's what I'm talking about, the hypocrisy of a student-athlete in big time athletics let's wrap it up anything you want to say and before we wrap it up sir oh uh, the latest edition of King Size View is online uh, at www.kingsizeview.com there's a nice uh, picture on page uh, let's scroll down here uh, page 20 of three young men uh, three young cougars uh, number three uh, Justin Justin Johnson, Johnson. Number 74, offensive lineman, uh, Big Roddy, a redshirt freshman, and uh, that other kid, uh, I think it's 18 or 10, but that, I think that's a McMillan kid. Is that McMillan? Audrey's son, yeah. No, it's, and I'm, I'm Quarterback. He's, he's a star, folks. He's a star in the making. Well, hopefully. He got he got lit up. Uh, he, was, he was picked on in the uh, well, home when, game. When you're young like that, he's that's a, what happens. He's a sophomore DB. Uh, he's he's probably undersized. He has to know how to deal with defending bigger receivers, taller, bigger receivers. But, we, uh, we'll find out today. He gets night, he gets things done. And le- and let's you know, last thing Thursday night, seven p.m. kickoff at Robertson Stadium, University of Houston, Rice Isles, Bayou Bucket. You need to probably last, show up, folks, because it may last be the last four. One the last four games been split two two. Rice is one twice at home at their place. You race one twice at at their place at Rob. So it's a home game for you. It should be a win. Of course, some of these be right a little bit more than he's doing. That's my personal opinion on that. But uh, as Wildcat said, this could be the last one for a while. You know, depending on how things. I hate this to happen. If Cougars go to another conference, I'd hope that they still find a way to keep yeah. continue playing each other uh, every year. So, oh, well, uh, I'll close uh, find you. Oh, uh, you can find me at www.kingsouthview.com. Hit that hockey on the front page. Twitter, that, man. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Hashtag. AK. S-V-V-C-S-R. And your blog? And our blog is aksvvcsr.blogspot.com. And also my compadre, who is a, also a part of the Kingside View crew, you can be found at where, sir? Well, in addition to being my picture of my big old head in King Size View Publications, I'm on my website at www.houstonroundballreview.com, on Facebook at the Houston Round Ball Review uh, fan page. Twitter is T. H E H R review of uh, the KGN Fifth Wildcat podcast are also available on iTunes. Subscribe to them; they are free to listen to. Tell your friends about us, please do. Hope you enjoy listening to us. Hope you enjoy listening to our viewpoints on uh, all things sports. We try to cover the local teams, especially, as well as give you a little bit of a national flavor. Also, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And conclusion, as I always, says wrap it up. Be true. 
be cool and do more. <laughs>